Good evening, Newark family. It's so good to have the opportunity to get together online and to fellowship and study the Word of God, even though we're all in our own homes. Let's take a minute as we get started and just say a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for... Oh! Oh! Rachel! Rachel, stop! Squirm. Rachel, wait! Oh. I need to see... I need to see the kids. Let me talk to the kids. Uh, Squirm, what's what's going on? We're trying to have a Bible lesson here. I need to tell the kids that they can now come back to church. I miss them. I miss oh. you so much. Oh. And and I'm concerned that maybe they're mad at me and they're oh. not coming back because I had a little cough. <laughs> um. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm actually not coughing anymore and right. my throat is not even sore. See? <laughs> No uh, soreness now. Uh, I, I see that. But Squirm, no one's mad at you uh, because you came to church with a cough. The kids aren't coming to church because they care about others. Hmm. What? Care about others? Yeah. You're supposed to come to church because you want to be with the family of God? Because you care yes. about God? Yes. Okay. Well, uh -huh. yeah, you do care about others and, you uh -huh. know, all that other stuff. Right. That, that is very true. But right now, there is a sickness that is very easy for kids and healthy people to catch and give to others. So, we're learning together and being a family online for a while because we love others and we love our community. But, but what about, what about me? Aww. I'm feeling lonely and I'm feeling a little <laughs> bored because what am I supposed to do right now when nobody's at church? The kids aren't coming to KBN. Oh, squirmy. Well, you could watch our devotions every night at 7 p.m., which is what we're doing right now, on our newark.info website. You can comment to our church family there. It's probably the only time it's really okay to talk during the lesson. And you can call. You could call and check on others and see what they're doing and if they need anything. <laughs> oh. Oh, I could use the phone. <laughs> yes, Wormy, but only with supervision. And you can send the kids, you know what? You could send the kids their own videos, just like we're doing. And they could still learn, sing, and worship online together. Oh, oh wow. Wow, just, just wow. That, that sounds great. And maybe, like, a lot of work. Yeah. I don't really know how to work all that technology stuff. No. Do you think Do you think maybe my teacher, Kiara, and her really techie husband could help me? Oh, Nicholas! <laughs> Nicholas, I need you! Well, I, I do think so. But I think maybe you should give uh, Kiara a call after mm. this lesson tonight. And maybe Nicholas too, but after this lesson. Oh, and one more thing. Yes. Would you help me? Of course, Squirm. I would be happy to help you. Hmm. I'm so glad the kids aren't mad at me. You know what? I think I'm going to leave, and I'm going to go start working on a video right now for them. Oh, right my. away. Goodbye. Okay. Bye, kids. Bye, Squirmy. Wow. Wasn't that exciting? Um, parents, let me take me a minute to catch my thoughts. After tonight's devotion, you can go to newarkupc.info. And within your Gathering Hub card that you clicked on for tonight, you can click on Kids Hub, where Squirm has left songs and lessons for your kids this week. But now, let's get back to our lesson. Let's, let's begin with a word of hopefully uninterrupted prayer. 
for just to be thankful, a time to thank God for what we do have, for the opportunity to be able to get together through technology, to study God's word and to learn and to know that we are not alone, but we are together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to come together as a church family, as friends, maybe even those that are not a part of our church family, but are watching online because they too are at home. We thank you for your many gifts and your blessings and your provision. We ask that you would help us to seek your will, to seek you during this time, to pray for our nation, to pray for all of those that are um, sick and need a healing. We ask that you would help us to extend mercy and grace and kindness to everyone around us and to let your love shine bright. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, we're going to begin our lesson with 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Saul's son, Jonathan, had a son named Mephibosheth. Everybody say it together. Mephibosheth, who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him and he became crippled. As I, as I read this verse, I'm reminded of the verse our senior pastor, Stephen, used last night in his devotion. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. He focused on the self-discipline. Some of us recognize the wording here as a sound mind, and he gave definitions for self-discipline as cautious. In 2 Samuel 4, this nurse realizes the danger of the situation. She knew she must hide the child that was in her care, but in her haste, she drops the very one she's trying to protect. This nurse understood the gravity of the situation. She had the power to get the child to safety, and she loved him enough to do so. But because of her fear, which was probably even enhanced by the love that she felt for this child that she was a nurse to, she moved too quickly, and with her arms full of the child that she loved, she dropped that very child, and, and he was injured. He was crippled. He was permanently injured. Have you ever hurt someone trying to do the right thing? Maybe you've had really good intentions. Things just didn't go the way you thought they would. Has fear ever caused you to act without thinking? Or maybe even act without your usual level of caution, sound mind, as used in the King James Version. Have you ever hurt someone with words or actions because of the fear or what others may think? Have you made the right decision even, recognizing the seriousness of the situation, but still somebody was hurt? I'd like to share with you a story from my family, a very similar situation. My dad, uh, was building a retaining wall. Our house was on a lake in Arkansas, and the retaining wall would separate the, the bank from the lake, where it would slowly, we were having an erosion problem, and he was trying to fix it. To do that, he needed a tractor. My dad was a farmer. He did not use a lawnmower. He did not use a, uh, a larger um, lawnmower or small tractor. This was a, this was a very large tractor that was used on the farm and he, he brought it over, and the hill came down, was very steep, and then it, it, it came down just a little bit, not quite so steep, and he had the tractor there, 
And then as you came to the end of the bank, there was a three and a half foot drop before you got what would be the shore. Uh, all of the lake had been pulled down so that people could repair their drops, docks and they could build these retaining walls. So my dad and my older brother were standing on the shore facing the water and with their backs to the tractor and my dad heard a noise. He immediately recognized that uh, the brake had slipped and he heard the tractor begin to roll. It was only about eight to 10 feet behind where they were standing. And he turned around and with both hands, he shoved, kind of swished my brother really hard to the side as he began to run. And he ran and he jumped up the three and a half foot um, jump that would be up onto the bank. And he ran to the tractor as it, right as it was getting to the edge. And he, with his hands, was able to push the foot pedal of the brake and hold it down. And then he, he climbed up the, those huge tires. You know, you can just get handholds on those. He climbed up the, the, the wheel of the tractor, stretching with one hand still on the brake and coming around, grabbing onto the wheel and getting around to where he could crank the tractor, put it in gear, and began to drive the tractor forward as he climbed in the rest of the way to get the tractor to a safe place. Both my dad and brother were within seconds of being crushed. My dad's understanding of the immediate danger caused his fear to spike. We all have felt that moment when, our, when immediately we realized danger and our fear spiked. It spiked his adrenaline, causing him to move my brother and get the tractor stopped with intense speed. And it only took six to seven seconds for the entire situation to be over. My dad being able to stop a possible death of my brother or himself with a quick response and with the help of God, he has said there's no way he could think that fast, uh, was a great thing. But in doing so, my older brother's arm was broken. Um, my dad did the right thing, but my brother's arm still got broken. Uh, he still experienced, my dad began to, he experienced guilt. Uh, he had guilt because, he, in his words, I cannot believe I trusted the brake on that tractor and, and didn't add extra protective bracing behind the wheels. Then he had guilt because my brother's arm was broken and he was in, he was in immense pain. And then the process of that broken arm having to heal, um, even though he was protecting him, he was still injured. I am sure that even though Mephibosheth's nurse saved his life, which was her ultimate goal, it was not her goal to drop the child and have him cri crippled. She still had to live with the knowledge that in her haste, in her response to her fear, uh, she hurt, she hurt him. He, he, was, he never recovered. He was a cripple for the rest of his life. God gave us this emotion, this fear response. There's some very good things can come from that. If, if used correctly, um, it produces much good. We hear lots of stories, uh, like situations with my dad. We've heard stories of great feats happening when, when someone realized the intensity of a situation and their, um, their adrenaline spiked and they were able to do things that no one thought was possible. Um, this, this can happen and these incredible feats can happen to save lives. Many times that adrenaline though is coupled with knowledge and training. Um, it's, it's coupled with someone who is has been cautious enough to learn, to figure out, to, to find the facts, to hear about a situation, to, to know what's going on so that when something happens, they're aware. Um, at the uh, adrenaline alone does not save a life. If my dad did not already have the knowledge of how to stop the tractor, how the tractor worked, he could not have prevented the disaster, no matter how 
how intensely he tried to stop the situation with his adrenaline without knowledge, he would not have been able to have the same outcome. That is why the scripture says that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, which is continual fear. It's a, an ongoing process of, of continual fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. If spikes or moments of fear are coupled with power, with love, with self-discipline, with, with being aware, then the results can be really good. If not, the, the results may not end up so well. Uh, we all know someone that in a, in a moment of fear and in response to a situation, they've hurt themselves, they've hurt their back, They've, uh, they've damaged something, something's been unrepairable because the intentions were good in the moment, but there wasn't the knowledge, there wasn't uh, the training to go along with it. And so it ended up being in a really negative situation. If you or someone else has been hurt, maybe like Mephibosheth, maybe, maybe due to your own fear uh, or someone else's fear, many of us have been hurt due to that, due to someone else's fear, something we had, had no control over, then I encourage you tonight to take a look at the rest of Mephibosheth's story. Second Samuel chapter 9, verses 3 through 7. The king then asked him, Is anyone still alive from Saul's family? This is David speaking. If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Ziba replied, Yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Mephibosheth became known because of his injury. That can happen to us. It can become part of our identity. Our, inner, our, our hurt, our injury becomes a part of who we are. That's what happened to him. Where is he? The king asked. In Lo Debar, Ziba told him, at the home of Mekir, son of Amiel. So David sent for him and brought him from Mekir's home. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. David said, Greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Don't be afraid. I'm, I'm sure he was afraid. The, 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 the plan, the pattern was for when a new king took over, they usually annihilated the family of the previous king. So Mephibosheth does not know what to expect except death. And David says, don't be afraid. I intend to show you kindness because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Even though Mephibosheth, he had been hurt uh, due to fear, he was hurt. There was a time for restoration in his life. Fear no longer was going to dominate his life but this was his time for restoration. God is constantly looking for opportunities to restore and heal each and every one of us. We see this example in Matthew 15, 29 through 31. Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. A vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus and he healed them all crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking and the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. Many of us listening tonight, we've been crippled by fear. 
at some point in our lives. We've all experienced that. Some of us have been maybe crippled because of other people's fears and by situations that were completely out of our control. But still, Jesus wants to deliver us from a life of fear. He wants to heal each of us from our crippling injuries. Yes, last night and tonight, we have focused on 2 Timothy 1.7. But let's read a little bit further. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. This is Paul speaking. Even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and calls us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. And now he has made all of this plan to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. I love that. Now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life, not fear, but life and immortality through the good news. This is your good news and my good news. This is the good news for our entire world. The power of death has been broken. We have an eternal future with Jesus Christ. His grace is for every person. His spirit is available to lead, to guide, strengthen, and gives us the power to live a holy life free of shame and free of the fear of suffering. And I am so thankful for that tonight, that you and I can live holy lives free of shame and free of the fear of suffering. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, let's, let's take a moment and pray and thank God for the opportunity to live a life that is holy, that is free of shame and free of suffering. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness to us, for your gift of eternal life, for your gift of salvation. Thank you for my Newark family. Thank you, Lord, for every person that is listening. Thank you for the opportunity to hear your word, to hear your gospel message, the good news of new life with you and life with you eternally. Thank you that you came to this earth, that you took our sin, that you died on the cross to take our sin, but then you rose again so that we have the hope of life, that we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in fear of death. We don't have to live in fear of suffering, but we have hope and our hope is in you and an eternity with you no matter what happens in this life. Let your love and your kindness in your spirit shine out through us through the next weeks as we, as we are not together physically, but as we are together online, in spirit, in prayer, and in worship, that your presence and your power would be with us and that we can share your love and your gospel message with every person we come in contact with and that we will be carriers of peace and kindness and not fear. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us, Newark family. We love you, and we'll see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. And don't forget to let your kids go watch their videos at newarkupc.info at the Gathering Hub and click on Kids Hub. Good night.